Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. You know I'm right. Episode 54, and if you know, you know. And Robbie Cano, don't you know? Nick Durst here with Joe Calabrese. Joe, your guy, former Yankee great, Robinson Cano. He just made a lot of Mets fans' Christmases come early because he did what we thought would never be possible, and that is get him off the roster. Well, it may only be for a year, but most likely there's no way this guy's ever playing again because why would the Mets want him back at another year older, another year off, and who's going to sign him? So what do you think, Joe? I mean, how, how, how dumb is Robinson Cano to sheet again? And also how great is it that he, uh, you know, essentially is, is helping the Mets big time? Yeah, got caught for... A, another positive test earlier in this week, and he is now going to be suspended for the entirety of next season. And not only is he going to be suspended for the entirety of next season, but he will have to forego his entire salary. Uh, so he makes 24, I believe, million ish a year. So the Mets are going to save about. I believe twenty million or so in this because the Mariners are still paying some of his contract. So uh, this is a monumentally lucky break for Steve Cohen, Nick Durst, and the rest of New York Mets fans here in New York because with that money, this gives them the opportunity now to not only pursue two or three big free agents, but now the opportunity if it presents itself to trade for a guy like Nolan Arenado, a guy like Chris Bryant, a guy like Francisco Lindor, that is also now in play now that the Mets have the extra money in the payroll. Uh, This is very much Christmas come early for you, Nick. Very much so. You guys are very, very lucky. For some reason, everything related to the Mets over the course of the past month or so has just gone right uh, in, in every single way imaginable. So, uh, But I want to touch on quickly the fact that Robinson Cano, who had an outside shot, I believe, to get to 3,000 hits now, right? So you want to bring in the discussion of, you know, is he eventually going to get retired by the Yankees and you put him in Monument Park? Uh, Does he eventually have a case, maybe an outside case for the Hall of Fame? Uh, That's all gone now. With this positive test at this this juncture of his career uh, and from what we've seen, uh, that's no longer a possibility. So not only did he throw away next season, possibly, probably the rest of his career, not only is he losing his entire salary for next season, twenty-four million, which is ridiculous, but he's probably not going to make the Hall of Fame now. He that's- was never making the Hall of Fame after that first test. No doubt about it. No uh, doubt about it. Now I don't think there's – I 100% think this guy cheated his whole career. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that Cano has been cheating – since he came up and met Melky Cabrera and A-Rod for the Yankees. What do you think? I mean, it's very hard to point to anything to the contrary at this point. Here's, here's why I think he was clean. After he got busted by the Mariners, he was clean. He came to the Mets. He was clean. He was absolutely dreadful. Horrendous in 2019. Getting hurt. So bad. And he said, you know what? I got to go back on this stuff to look okay. He had a decent 2020, and of course he was cheating, and you know what? He's done. So thank goodness that we don't have to deal with this guy anymore. And honestly, what team would sign him if the Mets release him after this season? (laughs) I don't think there's going to be one. I think his career is over. I really do. I really, really do. I don't think he's worth the headache at this point. Even if you're a team like Pittsburgh or Kansas City 
a, a team that operates with a, a lower payroll than the rest of the major leagues, and uh, you're looking for a guy, a one-year guy who could fill in a hole and maybe be a stopgap to somebody else you have waiting in the wings and the minors. Uh, I don't even think that's possible at this point. I, I just don't think anybody's going to be willing to take on the headache. Uh, and he's already – he's approaching 40 too. You know what I mean? He's he's much closer to 40 than people think. So uh, I think this is it for him. I think he, he absolutely uh, ruined whatever what was left of the rest of his career. I don't think he's going to ever get a job again. And, again, like I said, uh, to me, after the first test, I believe you're 100% correct. Uh, one test isn't a death sentence for these guys. Uh, I think I think Bonds will get in the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, I believe Clemens will eventually get in, whether they decide to vote him in with Bonds or not. Uh, A-Rod uh, A will get in eventually. They're probably going to make him wait. Uh, David Ortiz showed up in the, the report, but he's eventually obviously going to get in. Uh, all those guys uh, are definitely going to get in. Cano was definitely going to be an outside case with the first positive test. Cano's off the ballot on the first his first year in. He's not getting the 10%. Right. So, and uh, if how he, let's 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 keep in mind that Jeff Kent is so much better than him, and he can't get in the Hall of Fame. He was as clean as could be. So true. forget true. about Cano with the Hall of Fame. Robbie Cano Hall of Fame for him, and no more baseball. Now you know a thing that annoyed me always is that Jose Reyes was looked upon negatively, but Cano they always said, "Oh, the, this guy's such a great mentor to the young Spanish players. They they look up to him." No, that's bogus because look at this guy. He's a fraud. He's a phony. He's a cheater. And to look up to him is a bad role model. Reyes was clean. He played the game the right way. And he brought enjoyment to the field. And you know who he probably inspired? A guy by the name of Francisco Lindor. Because you could see a lot of similarities the way these two guys play, Joe. So perhaps... They, the Mets now, they look to definitely bring in a guy like Lindor. Uh, or, you know, now they're saying, you see now no one out of Renato's available. Uh, JC Realmuto still in play, George Springer, of course, Trevor Bauer. But hey, maybe the uh, the Mets, they go and sign your guy, DJ LeMahieu, and put him with Jeff McNeil in the same lineup. Man, would that be scary for opposing pitchers when it comes to these contact hitters getting on base for the big boppers and Pete Alonzo, and Michael Conforto, and potentially George Springer in the middle of that order. What are your thoughts on the upcoming free agency frenzy, maybe some trades going on, and what do you think the timeline is here for we start seeing some things happening in baseball in the offseason? Yeah, uh, so from what I've gathered, reading tweets and other reports about DJ LeMahieu, uh, he wants the five years. But if he gets the five years, he'll be willing to take less money to stay with the Yankees. So it's just a matter if Brian Cashman wants to give him the five years. Uh, and now we know that Brian Cashman, he's notorious uh, for not really budging on his his top figure when it comes to, to years. And look, but look how great it worked out with him with Cano. That was a great move by That was a Cash. terrific move. Uh, but that was really different. Cano was at the point of his career where uh, he was kind of like starting to exit his prime. Most really kind of assumed he was in the, the, the same spot. Uh so he didn't want to give him the 10 years. He wouldn't go more than seven years, with that, which at the time was fine. Had he given him the seven years, it would have been up at at basically the end of this year, right? So uh, Cashman was proven right there. But I think DJ LeMay, he was a different animal altogether. I don't think uh, I don't think his eye or I don't think his bat is going to slow down even as he gets older. I think he's just going to be a perennial uh, guy who could hit close to 300 uh, for the better part of the rest of his career. So I don't mind giving him the five years. Uh, and to me... I, I tweeted this during the, the postseason. He's a blank check guy. Uh, what he means to the Yankees is extraordinary. Uh, they have to do everything in their power to get him signed because if they let him go, uh, that lineup is in serious trouble. They do not have a guy capable of doing what DJ LeMayhew could do at the top of the order. Uh, at least with the Mets, you have a guy like that in Jeff McNeil, former All-Star 2. Uh, they're probably very close to being on par with each other, very, very similar types of players. Uh, so... I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think he's going to re-sign with the Yankees. Uh, he said he was willing to take less money if they gave him five years. So if that's the case, then Cashman should just give him the five years and they should work to, to negotiating a figure. Uh, but I want to bring it back to what I said at the top here, and that is the Mets, as of now, with that extra $20 million in payroll space, uh, they're going to have more flexibility to, to make a move 
outside of just signing uh, two or three of the higher level guys who are in free agency, right? So uh, you talk about JT Real Muto, he's a possibility. Trevor Bauer's a possibility. George Springer's a possibility. I think George Springer would make a terrific Matt. I think he's a, a terrific, terrific fit for what that team needs. Uh, a little more pop, uh, a little more pop out in center. A uh, guy who's got postseason experience. Uh, one of the best postseason performers of the past 10 years. No doubt about that. Uh, he's a great defensive center fielder, too. Uh, I would just fit that team like a glove. So he's a possibility now. Uh, but now, outside of those free agent signings, there's going to be a trade somewhere, right? And to me, there's a match for Francisco Lindor. If the Mets want to get him, they have the pieces to get him, uh, and they could probably put together a better package than most other teams in baseball. They're right at the top of the list, top two or three. Uh, goes the same for guys like Chris Bryan and Javier Baez. Uh, we've seen now that Theo Epstein has left the Cubs president position. The Cubs are kind of at a crossroads. Uh, they could still basically, I think, contend for NL Central Championships and maybe get lucky. Uh, but there are reports out there that the Cubs are willing to listen on, listen to all offers for all their big trade uh, for all their big players, right? So Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant could be attainable. Javier Baez could be attainable. Uh, the Mets have been in on Nolan Arenado for a while. Obviously, Mets fans are smitten about him, you know, and who wouldn't be? Uh, he's he seems to be like the number one guy that every Mets fan wants to get. Uh, but those guys, as of right now, are now attainable. Uh, not only because the Mets have the pieces to make the trade possible, but now they have the extra salary space. So uh, good things are going to be coming to you guys, I think, within the next couple of weeks uh, once we get into the thick of the MLB offseason. So I think that it would be really wise of the Blue Jays to sign DJ LeMayu because they're making themselves better. They're making the Yankees worse. So I think they might go ahead and outbid the Yankees there. So uh, if the Yankees are going to get that discount – then LeMahieu's going to stay there. The Mets, I think they'll kick the tires on LeMahieu, but I don't think that that's where their prime focus is at this point. Uh, but it would be a big splash for Steve Cohen to, to get him for the Yankees. Uh, however, you know you have to you have to wonder how. how I think DJ LeMahieu is going to play a big key in this whole offseason because if the Yankees lose him, the Yankees are going to be in on Lindor. They're going to put Torres in second base and try to get Lindor. They can get him. Most, I think they'd be able to get him with a nice package built around Clint Flade, Frazier, and, and Andujar. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. Michael Kay, Yankees, Yankees television voice, was on uh, high heat with Christopher Mandaru. So he said the Yankees are trying to get LeMahieu for three years at $60 million. If that's the case, I would be shocked if the Mets don't give him three years at $70 million Because... If right. it's going to be a three-year deal, of course the Mets are going to go ahead and do that, especially with the yeah. fact that they got $24 million off the books with Cano this year. So. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership-developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college. So, uh, I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't see why I don't see why LeMahieu at 33, though, would only take a three-year deal. Yeah, no, I'm one of those guys who I'm willing to give the four or five years to LeMahieu because, like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, I just, I don't see him declining as much as a lot of these guys usually do. I think the biggest strength that he has is he's just a really solid fielder. He's a really smart player, uh, very high IQ player, uh, really, really, really good contact hitter. He has one of the best eyes in baseball, and usually when those guys come along, uh, those guys who are in the upper echelon when it comes to hitting for average or so, uh, they don't really decline as much as the other guys uh, who are more uh, you know, power-centric guys or, or guys who, use, who rely on you know, uh, extra base hits or, or home runs. Uh, for for most of their production, you know, to me, D DJ's the kind of guy who just he's a super professional hitter. Uh, he's capable of getting a hit in any any situation that you ask him to. Uh, pretty versatile. You know, he can play first base a little bit for uh, he can play second base. Uh, to me, he just fits into that lineup really well. Uh, I I think it's a no brainer. I think I would give him the four or five years. You know, I, I he the Yankees are probably going to try to see if they can get him for three years. I think that they would settle for four. 
Uh, if they if he really wants to push it to five, then I think he's going to have to take the discount. But again, it's like I said, you know, reports say that he's willing to do that for the Yankees. So uh, we'll see. But you're right about about the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are definitely going to make a, a significant push uh, to bring in one of these hitters uh, to to add on to the top of what uh, what they already have in Toronto, which is a really great core with Vlad Guerrero, uh, Bo Bichette, um, the rest of their young player, and Kevin Biggio, the rest of their young players. So, you know, it, we'll see. You know, uh, a couple months ago, we didn't think this offseason would be anything interesting, but now it's shaping up. Steve to be really- Cohen, the most interesting guy on the planet, is going to make a big difference. Now, <clears throat> I'm looking at Lindor here. I'm looking at Arenado, and the, the two-year age difference, Arenado's 29, Lindor is 27. I think DJ LeMay is 33. But... I think Arenado is a better fit for the Mets because, you know, you still, you probably got to trade one of Rosario and Jimenez or Mauricio, their top prospect at shortstop, to get an Arenado or Lindor. But in the case of trading them, you know, if you get Lindor, you still got to figure out who's playing third base. So, because I think, I'm pretty sure if you're trading for these guys, they're going to want a Rosario. They're going to want J.D. Davis as the starting pieces. So, I think if you get Arenado, it's it's a better fit. You know he's going to win the Gold Glove at third base, and he, you know, he, he you you probably have to give up a little less for him because it's such a big, massive contract there that the Rockies are going to say we're just going to we just want to get rid of him, like like basically the Marlins did with Stanton. The, the Marlins got Starlin Castro for Stanton. That was you know how did the Yankees stay out of that? So. Because in that scenario, then, you know, you go with Jimenez or whoever at shortstop for a year. If you don't like it, you could sign Baez. You could try and sign Trevor Story. You could sign Lindor. You could sign Seager. So there's a lot of options there at shortstop. So I'd be more inclined to go and get the third baseman in the Arenado. But again, you'd have to ensure with him that he is not opting out after the season. Uh, and the well, same I mean, thing with any, Lindor. you got to make sure he's going to sign an extension with the team. Yeah, no, uh... I think this goes without saying, Nick, but any trade that the Mets make for whether it be Lindor, whether it be Arenado, whether it be Chris Bryant, uh, I think the the following move that that comes after that would be a contract extension. So I don't I, that's something that I don't even think you would have to worry about. Also, you know, the Mets, they're going to probably lock up Michael Conforto this offseason or at least try to lock up long term, which they should. No, so, absolutely. I think so. I think that's coming too. so, yeah. You, you would think, and it's been rumored for a long time, that Bryant would be very interested in signing with the Mets next offseason. I wouldn't trade for him. I don't think the Cubs are you know, going to trade him before the deadline. And he's really essentially rental because he's he's going to go. He's going to want his free agency. But there's no way Bryant's back with the Cubs because he thought he should be a free agent this offseason. Remember the whole thing? They, they waited two weeks to call him up to start his career. But Bryant hasn't really been overly impressive since his MVP season. But... Brian is great because he gives you the flexibility. He could play first, he could play left and right, but of course he's a third baseman. So I think I think if the Mets go ahead and get Lindor, let's say this offseason, they are probably extremely in play for Chris Bryant next offseason as their so big, big signing. I think with uh just to quickly, you know, we'll start wrapping this up. Uh for Chris Bryant, you're you're hundred percent right, but I think it's more or less the fact that he's coming from a situation where the Cubs were perennial 90-win team over the course of the past five seasons. He's won a championship. To me, he's an intangibles guy. To me, he's a guy who's already been there before. Uh, he's already won before. Uh, I, I link him to, to George Springer in that sense that he would make an instant impact immediately on the mm-hmm. Mets simply because he has come from a winning situation. He knows how to do it. Uh, either one of those guys, I think, would be a tremendous fit for the Mets uh, not that I think the Mets are, are perennial losers in, in any sense, but it, it absolutely helps to have a guy who previously came from somewhere and won. Uh, you saw that with the Dodgers this year and Mookie Betts. Now, granted, Mookie Betts is a special case because caliber players of his caliber don't really get moved in their prime. But uh, as you saw, it made a significant, significant uh, difference. Right. So I think for the Mets, I think they should. I think we're in agreement that they're probably gonna. Sign two of the guys and then make a trade. Do you think that, or do you think it's more likely? That's what I believe is going to happen. I think they're going to sign two free I think you got to get Bauer, uh, pay him what he needs. Bauer and Degrom in a rotation with uh, with Stroman and Syndergaard. Syndergaard's going to miss a lot of time. Plus a Dave Peterson, probably the best in the NL. 
Uh, so do get that done. You know Bauer wants to be a Met. He's putting all his YouTube videos out. And you get Springer. Springer is a perfect fit for the Mets. And then, you know, you go ahead and you take your choice. Do you want to get Lindor or do you want to get Arenado? Uh, and your offense is set. You don't have to worry about Rio Mudo, who I'd be scared of signing a catcher over 30. Never works out. Look at Joe Marrow. Look at Buster Posey. Uh, so go ahead and sign McCann or Zanino for a short-term deal. They should sell Travis Darno, but of course, Brody Van Wagen and Carter after 10 at-bats. Real smart deal there. Guy was amazing with the Rays and the Braves. Uh, and then if they get some bullpen pieces like a Brad Hand or a Liam Hendricks, Mets are going to be cooking. So, Joe, I hope you uh, certainly uh, you know place your, your bet on the Mets soon because I think the odds... From winning the World Series went up a little so with Cano being out. Uh, and I got we got I got to tweak our, our friend Lauren Gardner here a little bit, who you know called it on uh, MLB Hot Stove. Sad news for Mets fans that Cano suspended. No, it was like the the greatest news you could possibly get. <laughs> so sorry, Lauren, but Lauren will be very sorry, sad if, if Arenado to Rockies gets traded. Now moving on to actual sad news: the NBA draft and just the off season. I don't know what the Knicks are doing. They're asleep at the wheel. We thought they were going to trade for Westbrook. Then they release Ellington. They release Peyton. I don't know. There's no way they could match the money now to even get Westbrook. So they're lost. They're going to lose this season. Back in full tank mode. Uh, they get OB, Topin, who plays no defense. Tom Thibodeau is known for being a defensive first coach. I don't know. I don't. They 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 move in, They move it up. They move up in the draft for an extra for for the for the late first round pick. They move back down to get an extra second round pick. Then they trade a second round pick for a twenty twenty two second round pick. That makes no sense. I don't know what the heck was going on there at the at the end of the first round. So, all that being said, I think the Knicks are just going to be a disaster this season unless they sign Gordon Hayward. Maybe they're okay, uh, but overall, uh, NBA is probably going to pick up big time in the next two weeks. As we ramp up, we're uh, a month and two days away from the season starting, if you can believe it, Joe. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I think the Knicks are still one or two moves away from heading into what the next season with the roster that they plan on having. Uh, I, th- I definitely think they're going to figure out a way to get a point guard, whether they trade for Westbrook, whether they side Fred Van Vliet. Uh, they're in on Gordon Hayward. And uh, they got to get Randall out of here because how is he going to play? How is Topin going to play? I think, I think Randall's being shopped. Who wants They're going to use Randall. And I think they're going to use some of the extra picks uh, to, to, to at least go after Westbrook or or try to figure out another move. uh, If you give, if you give me Westbrook, if you give me Westbrook with Carmelo Anthony, Gordon Hayward and somebody else, because I'm assuming if you get Hayward, you're not going to get Dinal Gallinari. That's, that's pretty solid right there. No, I, I agree. Uh, I, I see a lot of people on Twitter are kind of like so-so when it comes to Gordon Hayward, and and I agree. Uh, he, he definitely – He's a significant a little, upgrade over anybody on the next roster. No, absolutely. He was un, he was a little underwhelming in Boston, but I think uh, what happened there is that he was just squeezed out. Uh, I actually think – I still think he could be a, a very good player, and he, all he's ever done in his career is win. And – it's like I said with the Mets when it come when it came to guys like George Springer and Chris Bryant. The Knicks need to bring in players who have won games, gone to the playoffs, and won playoff games elsewhere. Because that is the only way that you're really going to start changing the culture. So getting Tibbs was a great move. I think he's one he's going to easily be one of the best coaches in the entire league from the get-go uh, at the start of next season. But Having a coach come in here can only do so much. You always need one or two guys elsewhere who have proven that they can win games. And I think Hayward would be a really nice fit at small forward. He's a good outside shooter, can handle the ball, right? So if they end up going after a guy like Fred Van Vliet as a free agent or they trade for Westbrook, they'll have more than one capable ball handler on the team. Uh, he's a veteran. He's been through a couple of situations. Uh, from all intents and purposes, I know I think he's a pretty solid team leader guy. He's exactly what the Knicks need. Is he going to be an all-star next season? I don't think so, right? But there's no reason why he can't come in and just give them a solid effort, you know, solid 35 minutes every night, 38 minutes every night, score 15, 16, 17, uh, be able to handle the ball in certain sets, be able to to 
get the, the 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 philosophy of what the organization, the head coach wants across to the rest of their players. I think it's a good fit. You know, I do I think it's the best fit? No. Would I prefer a guy like Gallinari because he's, I think he's a better outside shooter uh, at this point? Sure. But I think Gallo has the same type of injury questions that Hayward does. So uh, regardless, if they get Hayward, if they get Gallinari, if, to me, I think it's obviously a clear and upgrade over everything that they have right now. I think both would be a good fit. But I'm for Hayward. Totally for Hayward. Agree with you there. I mean, does it, it just is a good for good upgrade. Now, that's what they got to do, upgrade this team somehow. Uh, now, let's move on to some exciting news. That is wrestling betting odds. Nobody does it better than us, Joe. Nobody so, does it better. Let's get it right. Let's get right into it here. Survivor Series. We'll start with the U.S. title versus IC title match. Bobby Lashley taking on Sami Zayn, and Bobby Lashley is the favorite at minus 325. Sami is a plus 215. I think I have to go with the favorite here and say Bobby Lashley wins. Of course, he's got the hurt business around him, but not very often you see two heels going at it at a Survivor Series. Yeah, uh, definitely. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership-developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college. An odd situation here. You don't really see... Uh, too many face versus face or heels versus heel matches at Survivor Series, uh, but uh, so we'll 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 start with Raw. Uh, I believe the Hurt Business are easily one of the best parts of Raw. They've really come into their own the past month or so. Uh, easily the most enjoyable part of the show. Bobby Lashley's having by far one of the best runs of his whole career. Uh, Sami Zayn on SmackDown, uh, really truthfully, also having one of the best runs of his career as a heel. Uh, just absolutely hated in every way. Uh, so, yes, very, very weird situation. I believe that Bobby Lashley will be the de facto Thunderdome face when this match happens on Sunday. So, uh, it's United States champion versus Intercontinental champion. Uh, I believe Bobby Lashley will win this match on Sunday, and it will be a, a win in the, the, the uh, for the column of Team Raw. All right. Next match, which... I really don't know which way it's going to go. We've seen this match many times this year, uh, and that is Asuka, the Raw Women's Champ, taking on Sasha Banks, the SmackDown Women's Champ. I mean, would you assume Bailey's going to get involved somehow to, to cost Sasha Banks the match? Uh, I mean, that seems logical to me, but uh, Sasha's actually the favorite here at minus 160. So I'm confused because I, I don't know if this would be a clean finish of this match. And I really don't know I which agree. way to go. I, I agree. There's just right. So this is so the first example we gave was a, a heel versus heel example. As of right now, Sasha Banks has turned face. So this is a big time face versus face match. Uh, there are different ways that they could go with this match. Do they want to have Bailey interfere? Sure. Uh, could the princess of Staten Island, mm. uh, Mella is money? Will Carmella interfere? That's also a possibility too. But I think what most people right now. Uh, are assuming on the betting line is that we haven't really seen a clean Oscar versus Sasha Banks match uh, since they fought, I think, on Raw a couple of years ago, right? So uh, I believe that the thought process here is that Sasha Banks is in the middle of getting one of the biggest pushes and runs of her career. Uh, this is the first time that she has won a championship and successfully defended the championship afterwards. So uh, I would assume that the next couple of months leading all the way up into WrestleMania uh, is going to be a strong period for her 
hopefully she doesn't get hurt, you know, knock on wood. So uh, I think when it comes to the betting odds here, uh, I see Banks is the minus 60, 160 favorite like you do. I think a lot of people are just kind of counting on the fact that, okay, without the shenanigans, if they give us a match where nothing else happens and they give us a clean winner, uh, Asuka has gotten the better of Sasha Banks throughout their whole career. I could see Sasha winning a really good uh, back-and-forth match, and then I could see Bailey and Carmella attacking her after the match hmm. uh, to make up for the fact that they don't do anything during the match. So uh, I'm going to go with Sasha here. Uh, I think Sasha, I wouldn't say she needs the win, but she could use the win a little more than Asuka. So we're going to go with Sasha here, uh, and after the first two matches here, uh, we have one for Raw and one for SmackDown. Well, Joe, I, I want to just say, don't forget about one of Raw's top draft picks, the Queen, Charlotte Flair, Woo! who could potentially cost Asuka the match, uh, and they can, they, can have, they can run with an Asuka-Charlotte feud from now up until Raw Rumble. I think that's a possibility, uh, you know, because Charlotte's going to be back sooner rather than later, and I think this is a, this is a spot... That would work out real well here. What would you think about potentially seeing that happen? I mean, it's certainly possible. Uh, we saw Charlotte, I believe she tweeted this last night uh, or the night before, uh, basically a picture of her where she felt like she was looking at her best. So this leads me to believe that we are probably closer to a Charlotte return uh, than we are. Uh, the other way. So will she return Sunday? I don't know. Uh, I think it's possible, uh, probable actually, that she will return sometime before the build up to the Royal Rumble. Oh. I would assume. So she's going to be back. She's going she's to gonna be, be back. back she's going to be back in the next two weeks, three weeks, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Honestly, like if she comes back, what is she doing other than going for the title? I mean,. <laughs> Probably nothing much else. Like, I think it'd be great to see her beat up Shayna Baszler, but she's in a tag team with Nia Jax. Is Charlotte going to get a tag team partner and go for the tag titles? I don't Possible. think so. She's never, she's never held the tag titles yet, right? That's right. something that uh, that's think, something that will eventually happen. I don't think it's going to happen when she comes back, though. Right now, who would you say is the favorite for the Women's Royal Rumble? You know, Charlotte won last year. So, uh, Bailey just had this huge run. Sasha and Oscar are both champs. I guess I'd have to say Alexa Bliss would be the favorite. Well, there are reports out there that say that uh, one of the matches that WWE is contemplating to do for WrestleMania season would be Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Ugh, who uh, cares? That's such a stupid match. I mean, it's better than, I guess, better than Orton Edge again. You know, yeah. I, I'm a big Edge guy, but I don't want to see Edge versus Randy Orton again. And I, mean, I didn't want to see it, let alone we, for the title again. Exactly. That would have been a, a waste of the title. So, If we know uh, there's going to be fans, then I think you got to say Ronda Rousey is going to win the Royal Rumble. But due to the uncertainty, uh, I don't know. I mean, do they maybe finally pull the trigger and go Mandy Rose? It, it's tough to say. Maybe maybe Bianca Belair gets the, 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 tie, the shot and she takes on Sasha. Uh, I also wouldn't rule out Becky Lynch either. Becky's not going to be believe back. She, believe she's due next month. You think so? That, <laughs> no, she's not coming back so quickly. I don't, I don't think so. I think. I mean, I, Vince wants her back. Vince well, wants to do Becky versus Ronda in Mania. Yeah, so but I don't think how else they, are you going to get they there? They won't do that unless there's fans in the stands. That's true. That's very true. Uh, Same thing with uh, The Rock and Roman. I don't know anybody saying Roman's taking on The Rock. At WrestleMania, that's not happening if there's no fans. It's a total waste of the rock. Well, speaking of fans, uh, we haven't mentioned, or did we mention this? The Thunderdome moving. The, the Thunderdome is moving to the Trop. Ugh, what an ugly freaking stadium! <laughs> it's gonna look but, cool. Yes, it's the Thunder, look good. The Thunderdome is moving to the Trop, and we because- need a street fight, and we need to have it like you know somebody sliding into home plate. There's fights in the dugout. I mean, they go up on the catwalk to do a cinematography match up there. I don't go up on the catwalk, but just for uh, no, if they do a cinematography match or a cinematic match, they fill a few scenes up there. Of course, that's super dangerous, so they can actually match up there. But 
So we saw last year when they did the Royal Rumble in Houston, uh, when they, they opened the show with Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, uh, they used the top of the dugout uh, as, a, as a place where they, they had some of the match on the, on the outside. So uh, very mean, possible. Someone who has stood on a dugout, those things are rock solid. So right. you don't want to take a bump there. So let's talk about your guy, Roman, real quick, because you, 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 you just can't wait well, for this match. Roman and, and Drew McIntyre, two guys, your two favorite guys. Hold on, hold on. We have to let's get to the, the rest of the show. Let's let's build up to the main event. Let's. Uh, uh, this shouldn't let's be the main event. Else. The main event should be the New Day taking on the Street Profits, who are both minus one twenty right now. And this is going to be a great match. New Day is going to put the Street Profits over. They're going to embrace and hug at the end. It'll be cool. I think maybe somebody comes down to attack them and they all team up and beat that person down. Maybe Retribution comes out, tries to take out the New Day and the Shoot Profits, and then uh, you know they take out Retribution. This is going to be the best match. All we can hope for is a few backstage segments leading up to the match and an in-ring promo before the match. But I think the Street Profits uh, will win this match. What do you think? This is a coin flip for me. I go really back and forth on this because I I think that from what I've seen on SmackDown, it seems like the Street Profits aren't taking the New Day seriously. Right. Is Big E going to get involved in the match? I I, I really – I don't know which way I want to lean here. Uh, But for the sake – Big E becomes a Street Profit. He turns on the New Day. No, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think anybody's going to turn on anybody. Uh, for for the sake of being different, right? My my head also says the Street Profits, but my heart says the New Day. So for the sake of being different, so we don't totally agree on all six matches, uh, I will say the New Day for this match. And Joe, that maybe, is that some- is that because <laughs> the New Day rocks? Is that why? New Day Rocks. New Day Rocks. Yes, they do. All right, so we'll see. That should be an entertaining match as long as they get to do what they got to do. Uh, you know, all right, so women's 10-woman ten, ten elimination series, series traditional match. Team Raw is a plus 130. They're a disaster with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I do think that uh, it comes down to, like, Lana and Lana loses, and Team SmackDown wins the match. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think Lana is going to be the sole survivor. Okay. There's no way, there's no good reason why you have Lana going through a table every single week on Raw for the past two months if you're not going to give her some big redeeming type of moment. And what other better redeeming moment is there than being the sole survivor and winning member of your Survivor Series team, right? Doesn't it make sense? Uh, I just think they're gonna do. Do get it? Well, they're gonna make Bianca Belair be the star out of this. Out of this, and you know, it's unfortunate that Chelsea Green broke her wrist because she would have been on this team as well, and uh, that would have been a, a good push for her. So you got you got Raw being led by Lana and Alpha SmackDown. Now we got the men's match, and how do you not? I mean, well, I guess. You, maybe you don't because you got Raw winning the women's match. How do you not put Team Raw here for the men's match with Captain AJ Styles? You got the big security guard in the background from, of course, for Underground. You got just a sack team, Keith Lee. You got Braun Strowman, Sheamus. And you got that joke that's Matt Riddle. Uh, team SmackDown is just uh, a bunch of misfits here. Uh, I don't even know if they've, they've even filled out the team yet, really. So... I'm going to go Team Raw on this one in dominating fashion. Dominating fashion, huh? Uh, I believe the final member of SmackDown is going to be Big E. So uh, I'm a big fan of Big E. Uh, I think he is going to have a strong showing here. And I don't know. I mean, Big, big, big E gets eliminated by Keith Lee. It's possible. Very I think possible. I think I, see I think Team Raw, uh, Riddle and Sheamus get eliminated. AJ, Braun, and Keith Lee remain. Um, or maybe you could see. Cause sometimes I like to go the comedy route with AJ. He somehow gets eliminated early as well. 
Yeah, I just when I watch the Raw like build like on on TV, it seems like they're just so super dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And and what's up with Sheamus and and McIntyre? Are they going to start a program next? I think yes, so. I think I think that's going to happen after. But well, we're, we 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 have a lot to talk about when it comes to the main event. We're almost there. It's um, going to be awesome. Uh, I'm going to go with SmackDown here. I don't know. This is a gut feeling again, more than anything. All right. So the last three matches, we got the opposite thoughts there. Now, Joe, I need. This is the most anticipated match you've had. You've, you've had in years, even though we just Long saw it. Time. We saw it in person at WrestleMania at MetLife, so I don't know why you're so excited to see it again. Uh, and that is, or not, not was it at MetLife when yes. they faced off? Yeah, so you got Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, with Paul Heyman taking on Drew McIntyre. The big dog is going to win this match. He's the Tribal Chief, so it's just a matter of how it's going to happen. And Roman, of course, is favorite at minus 250. My guess is one of the Usos uh, does their job and falls in line and helps Drew McIntyre lose. Right. Well, if Jey Uso is going to be in the Survivor Series match, then one would assume that Jimmy uh, is going to be the brother who comes out and helps Roman Reigns here. Uh, so this match, obviously different from WrestleMania. That match seemed like it was really, really quickly put together. Uh, obviously, worst Reigns match. One of the worst matches at WrestleMania. Yeah, it was a flat match at WrestleMania. I don't think there was any juice behind it. Uh, but 2020 is a whole different story for both these guys. Uh, Drew McIntyre has been awesome. He's your guy. Rock. He's got the Celts uh, back. He's, been, he's ready to go. He, he is. He's got he has really come into his own as a performer this year. He's had one, possibly one of the better years that we've, we've ever we've seen from a WWE superstar in a really long time. He's been a very worthy WWE champion. Roman Reigns is in the process of having his best run of his whole career. He's the tribal chief. He's the top dog on SmackDown. He's the reason why everybody's watching SmackDown. Uh, these two guys, as of right now, are at the apexes of their careers. And it's been a it's been a really, really long time before we've had two guys who are both still ascending, who are both big stars, uh, who are both liked by the fans. Obviously, Roman, being a heel, he's not you know, liked by the fans, you know, he's been booed, but most people would absolutely agree that Reigns is in the middle of having, you know, the the best run of his whole career. Uh, There seems to be a really big time. Respect both guys. A lot of people have admired both guys, what they've been able to accomplish this year. I think this is a huge freaking match. Uh, Since the Survivor Series has gone to the, the, the the competitive like old bragging rights format where it's like a competition between Raw and SmackDown. Obviously, last year was NXT too, but uh, since since th- th- that has happened, I think this is going to be the biggest WWE Champion versus Universal you, Champion match well, that they've had. AJ AJ versus Brock Lesnar was a really great match. But, it was a great uh, match. But what, I think, do you think I, these are the- that was different because a lot of people didn't expect AJ to win. Here, I think both guys are just absolutely at the top of their games. Both guys are absolutely even right now. Uh, both guys look tremendous. Uh, like I said, it's just it, it's just a different feel to this match. And do you think these are the two biggest stars in WWE right now? Uh, so I think, I think Reigns as of right now is number one simply because he's the number one guy on the number one show. Uh, you can make a very good argument that like, like like Charlotte and Sasha are probably a little bit bigger uh, than McIntyre simply because I think they they sell more merchandise mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, but Drew Wright, he's he's definitely become one of the, the top five or seven guys in the company. What about uh, what about Pat McAfee? Should this guy be the top oh star God, in the company? The, we need a we need a forty five minute fifty minute podcast for me to gush over how awesome Pat McAfee has been on NXT. He is so freaking good. Triple H, if you are listening, give him the NXT championship. That's how good he's been. He Absolutely. He has the title on college game day. He That's huge exposure. He'd have it on his, his radio show. He uh, is by far the best pro. He's the best pro athlete or outside athlete who has transi- transitioned to pro wrestling since Kurt Angle. That's how good he uh, is. He Tyson Fury was pretty good, but yeah, he's good. Snooki had her moment, but she wasn't an athlete. 
Uh, and I, hopefully we got a Tyson Fury back in the ring in WWE because Tyson versus Brock is, is the match we need to see. Yeah, Tyson uh, versus Brock is a match. I know that they've want they've they've talked about Tyson Fury versus Drew McIntyre right, in the too. UK. They want to uh, do a UK pay per view. All right, so uh, you got Roman winning, is and that- we have we have one more thing to discuss. Right, but I just want to no, confirm, Roman. No, you got Roman winning, right? With help with help from Manusa or just clean yes. win, okay. or is it because? He's helped by The Fiend. I don't think The Fiend gets involved in this match. Uh, so The Fiend just off the show. Uh, I don't think he'll be off the show. I think he will be a part of the show, but I don't think he's going to have a match. Uh, uh, and so, at the end of the night, it's R-Truth still a 24-7 Universal I-95 Intercontinental TV <laughs> champion. <laughs> yes. But he, uh, I think he does lose it once, but he gets it back. So we have to talk about. Actually, we have to two more things. I want to close out with the Undertaker because you know we should we should pay our oh, respect. Yeah. But maybe maybe the Fiend gets involved there and uh, chokes out the Undertaker to end. His Very career. possible. Very possible. I really Sunday. think AJ should be getting his revenge on the Undertaker. We'll see. We'll see. Sunday is the ten year anniversary of the Miz cashing in money oh, in the yes. bank and winning his first WWE championship. It's been 10 years since then. I think there's a high likelihood that the Roman Reigns and his, the, 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 the family with the Usos take out McIntyre after the match, which would allow Miz to cash in and win the WWE championship. I think that is a very, very, that that scenario has a very very high chance of occurring, simply because I think what you said before, you know, we we briefly touched on the Sheamus point. I believe they're telegraphing and they're pre- previewing a potential Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus feud. So I think coming out of Survivor Series, you're gonna see McIntyre kind of having something along the lines of maybe Miz and Morrison versus McIntyre and Sheamus. Maybe Drew wins the title back. Maybe that sets up Drew versus Sheamus for the belt. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe Miz keeps the championship until the Royal Rumble or so. You know, whatever the case may be, that I think is possibly the next direction that they're going in. So I believe there's a high chance that the Miz will attempt to cash in Money in the Bank Sunday after the main event at Survivor Series. So... The Miz is cashing in because is it Rain Reigns just beats McIntyre so badly, or is somebody gonna attack McIntyre after the match? I think, like I said, I think Reigns uh, will win you with the help of possibly Jimmy Uso, and then I believe afterwards uh, they'll they'll come out and they'll attack McIntyre, and then you might hear awesome, and then Miz comes out and and kind of cashes in and 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 does the whole cheap thing and. What if the Miz comes and out and pop. Roman thinks he's going to try to cash on him and spears him? <laughs> I doubt that. Considering Miz is on Raw, I doubt that. This is what the Miz needs to do. He needs to come out in the middle of the match, somehow get both guys down at the same time, cover both of them at the same time, so it's a double It's a double pinfall. He wins both titles. He walks out as the undisputed champion. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I want whatever you're smoking over there. Sounds good. Absolutely nothing. Just knowing that the Miz is as awesome as he is. And Miz and Mrs. is back and he's doing all these press tours. It is. I I watched the episode. It was really funny. So to me, it's just like, you know, if he's going to cash in here, like, why did they even bother to put the belt back on Drew, uh, taking it off Orton? Well, I say this. I, 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 tell you, I tell you this all the time. When it comes to long championship reigns, I hate having long championship reigns for the sake of having long championship reigns. To me, wrestling was so much fun when we were kids. But a one-week reign here doesn't make any sense. Should have just kept the belt on uh, on Orton. I mean, when we were younger, remember when The Rock won the championship at Backlash and then he lost it the very next month to Triple H anyway? I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't care if they play hot potato with the championship. I don't care what happens because, like I said, to me, long reigns get so stale after a certain point mm-hmm. and i think aj styles a couple of years nothing ago, was worse than that cm punk reign oh my gosh that was the worst so long. Well, punk punk's reign is different because it actually started flat and then it got much better after he turned hill halfway through it so that was weird uh but again it's like in recent years like brock lesnar had a long championship reign with the universal title uh aj styles had a really long reign two years ago 
when he was beating Nakamura and Samoa Joe, and and it was like, yeah, AJ was he's a he's a great performer, and he was a good champion, but yeah, when but by the time the end of his run came around, you were like, eh, you know, there was no juice left to it. That's why when Daniel Bryan beat him for the title, everybody was so excited about it, and then Daniel Bryan went on to have a really great. Uh, he'll run with the championship that ultimately culminated with Kofi winning the title. Yep. See, to me, uh, Kofi had I, a good reign. Kofi had a great reign. Uh, but I don't mind because I, I, I think in the long run, it doesn't matter if McIntyre wins the championship two or three times. Uh, to me, I just, I think it, it, it looks better if the story kind of has some unpredictable turns to it. So uh, and they kind of do different things as opposed like if McIntyre comes in and beats the hell out of everybody and has a, a year long title reign, you know what people are going to do? People are going to be tired of him. Look at what happened with Becky Lynch at the very end. You know, the internet started yep. saying, Oh, Becky Lynch, she's boring. She's this, she's yep. that, blah, blah, blah. That's what happens. You know, we live, we, we just live in a world today where, you know, it's like, what have you done for me lately? You know, people very quickly get OCD. People are, are very prone to turning on these performers if they have the the title longer than eight months or so. So I think it's good. I think it's good to freshen it up every now and then. I really do. I, mean, and I think I, it benefited. I think it benefited both Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. They wanted to prolong the feud. Uh, and you and I can go on and on here, but I think that Reigns is going to win. Uh, Maybe Miss comes out. He's not going to cash in, or he cashed in unsuccessfully. Unfortunately, uh, they do another Orton versus McIntyre match the next pay per view. Then we get a Sheamus McIntyre feud uh, up until at least, you know, Extreme Rules, Roadblock, whatever that may be. And we'll see what happens at Royal Rumble, I think, uh, with, with Drew McIntyre losing the belt, losing the title at some point. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on. Uh, Fortunately, I don't see The Miz being champion anytime soon, which is horrendous. But he does have until, I guess, you know, Mar- uh, May to cash in. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. That's going to do it here for a jam-packed episode 54 of You Know I'm Right. We talked about Survivor Series. We talked about the Knicks trying to survive. We talked about the NBA in general and Robinson Cano. No, no, no. You are not going into the Hall of Fame. You are not going to be playing this season. You are going to lose $24 billion. So for Joe Calabrese, I'm Nick Durst, and thank you for listening to You Know I'm Right. mind me just sneaking out to go to Kohl's the home deals right now they're too good to pass up like up to 40% off cuddle that's bedding up to 50% off the cutest fall decor and up to 25% off ninja kitchen appliances how can I resist you can even get 15% off or 15 20 or 30% off with a Kohl's card so yeah I'm going all in for fall and I can't even wait select styles offers end October 17th some exclusions apply see store Kohl's account for details